We are all in bloom, each day growing, flourishing, changing, each moment through the mundane, the seemingly insignificant, through the heartbreaking and uplifting motherhood shapes us. It all contributes to your story, our story. Join us as we talk all things motherhood, birth, babies, family life, faith, and more. We're just two mamas that run on coffee, live for Jesus, and are passionate about mamas living fully. This is Life Life in in Bloom. Bloom. Hello friends and welcome to this week's episode of the Life in Bloom podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Faith. And today is a very special day that we've been waiting for since we pretty much launched our podcast. Um, We have a very special guest with us today, the beautiful Steph Mangan, Um, and her beautiful kids are in the background, (laughs) providing the background music today. Yes, beautiful kids. Yes. We'll go with that. Uh, (laughs) So Steph and her husband, Tim, are the pastors of Life Church here in Grand Haven. Um, They also run a beautiful homestead with chickens and goats and pigs and kittens and a bunch more things that I'm sure I'm forgetting. Um, Steph is also a caring and wonderful mama to their four beautiful children. And on top of homeschooling and running their home, Steph is also a talented singer and songwriter. One of my favorite things about her is her wisdom and knowledge on so many topics. Yeah, Leah and I have had so many conversations with Steph regarding the Enneagram and how it impacts our lives. So we're honored to have her today join us to talk and chat all about the Enneagram. So welcome, Steph. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so glad you're here. So we're going to dive in today. If you aren't familiar with the Enneagram, it's a tool that you can use to learn more about yourself and what truly motivates you. The word Enneagram has Greek origins, Ennea meaning nine, and Gram meaning what is written. There are nine personality types that make up the Enneagram symbols, and there's lots of details that make up the components of the Enneagram. And that could be an episode in and of itself. But the Enneagram differs from other personality tests because it goes a step deeper. The Enneagram explores the why and how of what motivates us. There are a number of resources online in which you can answer a series of questions that will lead to learning where you fall on the Enneagram. So we'll make sure we link those in the show notes if you're wanting to take the test if you've never tested yourself on the Enneagram. So Steph, we had you on today, not just because you're our awesome friend, but we feel that you have Enneagram insight. And I often hear you ask people what their number is. Mm -hmm. So for you, Steph, how did you first get introduced to the Enneagram and what made you connect to it? Well, a friend of mine asked me, you know, what number are you in the Enneagram? And I was like, what are you talking about? I hadn't heard of it before. But then um, I think I, I think she did send me the test and I took it. And then I listened to a podcast where they did this whole Enneagram summer. And uh-huh. every different um, week or episode, they would put um, a different number as the topic. And then they'd have people that they interviewed that there were those numbers. And I just listened and... I think I just really love to know why people do what they do, yeah. including myself. So listening to this, definitely, I just got pretty hooked on it right away, listening yeah. to like the why behind what we're doing. Was it Annie F. Downs' podcast? Yes. yes. Yeah. I literally have listened to her Annie F. Summer series. Like I think she's had it since like 2019, maybe before that. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, like you said, they have like types that come on for that specific episode and just like deep dive into each Enneagram type and like how they relate to it. And she does like male and female. 
it's really interesting it is cool yeah so what about you leah what like how did you first get introduced to the enneagram and how why did you connect with it sure so i feel like i've in the past had a few people ask me but one of my um childhood best friends um one day was just like, you are, I totally feel like you are this number on the Enneagram. I'm like, what is that? Is that like good? Is that bad? Like, what are you talking about? And then she went into all these, like all the different wings and I was lost, but then I took the test and it was like, honestly, this awakening, like self-awareness awakening moment for me. Like, it's like, wow, that's like, that's me in a nutshell, like on a piece of paper that is describing me and then once you really dive deeper into it it's just opens up yeah world of stuff so I got hooked I can't even remember when I first learned about the Enneagram I feel like it must have been when sometime when we moved to Michigan so maybe five years ago I can't remember but I remember when I took the test I I was a four and I've never changed like my number hasn't fluctuated or anything but when I read about that specific type I felt like I was reading my diary or something like it just felt very like personally like this is like you said this is who I am this Mm -hmm. this is my personality Mm -hmm. and it was funny because as a four I feel like I often like people can't understand what's going on in my head so to see words on the page that felt like oh yeah that's like me Mm -hmm. it was really I think why I got super yeah. connected feel like to seen. the Enneagram. Yeah. That's cool. At one of my old um, workplaces, now that I think about it, they had a test that you took when you first become, became an employee and you were assigned a color. And I don't remember what the test was, but it was kind of similar to um, the Enneagram test. But you, based on your color, um, then you'd get like this um, booklet or whatever manual on like, if you come across someone who's red, this is how you should talk to them. Mm, wow. You know, try not to, if you want to work with, or if you're having a conflict with them, this is how you should approach them. Um, you know, if you're blue, this is how you should approach them during conflict or like communicate with them. And it was actually really helpful. Um, a lot of people kind of made a joke of it, but truly, if you're dealing with someone in the workplace who you don't know on a personal level and you want to have like a successful working relationship with them, knowing how they tick and like yeah. telling someone who's very like detail oriented or like very schedule oriented like telling them something last minute well you're probably not going to get like right. a good result right so, i think you know not only in relationships with um people like our friends i think in the workplace it's helpful um, it's very helpful too yeah so yeah it's really cool I feel like it's become standard now for companies and businesses to make their employees take personality tests and everything, not even just to like find out about them, but even to like place them into different roles and like titles within the company. Really? Yeah. So I feel like that's interesting that you said that because I think people are realizing how helpful and useful it can well, be. Well, they can. They even do have like resources online, like based on what enneagram you are, like what career you would oh, probably yeah. be successful really? in. That's cool. You know, if maybe uh, I'm just making up a number, but maybe a one wouldn't make a very good surgeon because they're just flighty and like go by. I'm I'm not saying that's what a one is, but right. like you know, based on like what your strengths are on the enneagram, 
you would have a career that you may be more successful or not successful in. Interesting. Which I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I was talking to a guy who is an engineer yeah. and he was talking about how he loves like where he chose to work. It's his first job out of college and he's like, I chose the less um, paying job because this one I would get to learn from so many. He's like, it's a smaller company. I'll get to learn from all of these people who've been doing it for 30 years already. And he's mm-hmm. like, this will just be awesome. And immediately I'm, I'm wondering in my head, just kind of what you're saying, yeah. like the way he's talking, like it, it sounds like what he does for work and why he chose what he chose. He's probably five, you know, it just, yeah. it's so fascinating though. It does help. I, I think in a, when you know, um, yourself, you probably mm-hmm. will find like what, like you just said, what, will best suit me to do for work or right or where you'll be where you'll be happiest because you're not going to be happy in a job where you're not using your strengths or what you enjoy exactly that's so interesting it is all right so faith we'll start with you since you already mentioned it you are a four on the enneagram so tell us a little bit about the enneagram four okay so yes i'm a four Uh, The Enneagram calls the four the individualist, and it describes them as sensitive, withdrawn, um, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. (laughs) Um, So I feel like for me, I do relate a lot to that. I would call myself creative and inspired and definitely introspective. Like I spend a lot of time in my own head, in my own thoughts. And it says the Enneagram 4's basic fear is that they have no identity or personal significance and that their basic desire is to find themselves and their significance or to create an identity. So for me, I definitely think that I am a bit that way. Like, not that I have no identity. I think if I was very like an unhealthy 4, I would have this sense of like no identity. I don't know who I am. But obviously, like my faith in God is what defines me and that that is my identity. I think when I was younger, especially as a teen, I could very much relate to that. I have no identity. I like didn't know who I was. I was not confident in my faith or whose I was. And that created a lot of problems in my in my life. But now I'm settled in that. But when it said their fear is that they'll have no significance that really like sparks something in me because I've always had this sense of like I need to do something meaningful like I need to do something that feels important and valuable and like worthwhile and I never knew if it was like me not just not arriving yet or not Mm -hmm. doing what I needed to do But I think more it's just like my personality is that I want to make a difference. Like I want to leave a mark, leave a legacy, like do something important. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely feel like as a four, I I relate to that. Um, And then for me, like my capacity is like for empathy is really deep. I feel all my emotions very deeply. And that's another thing that is defined for fours is that they're just feelers. Mm-hmm. I, I've i learned that anytime I'm talking to someone and I hear them say, I feel, I'm like, they're a four. <laughs> I literally say that way too much. I annoy myself, but I am driven by my feelings. And it can be a blessing because I love that I have this capacity to feel deeply, but when I'm not in the best, healthiest state, mm-hmm. I can let my feelings drive my decisions or my 
emotions or lead me to anxiety or worry or even depressed feelings. So I just have to keep that in check. But I think it's really interesting that you said when you were younger, when you were a teenager, Mm -hmm. you probably were like more on the unhealthy end of of the four spectrum, which I feel like is all of us like before we were really like discovering who we were as a person. But then as we get older and our faith grows in God, like we are able to move to that more healthy, healthy side of who you are. For sure. I think for me, like knowing, we're probably going to hit this later, but it just came to me right now. So like knowing you and like knowing that's what motivates you as your friend, that's so helpful to know because now I can make sure that I'm I'm intentional about how I'm talking to you like that like made a huge difference to me today faith when you did this because you know maybe me noticing something else wouldn't necessarily mean anything right. to yeah. you but knowing that that's what motivates you as a four on the Enneagram well now I can use that to make sure that I'm making you feel seen and making you feel important or valued I can't remember yeah. what it is yeah yes I'm very oh, to make you feel significant in yeah. my life yeah, I'm very driven by words and like I guess affirmations and mm-hmm. that I'm do like I'm on the right track or like doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that matters. So me. what I think is interesting is that you're a four and Steph, I'm you a four. are a four as well. Mm-hmm. And there are different. Um, I, we're not going to go into all the details of the. There are different wings that you can be on the Enneagram, yeah. but there are different fours within the four spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just tell us a little bit about you being a four and like what that means for you hmm. well I might back it up a little sure. so when I first did the test I think I came up as a maybe I came up as a four and then a three and then a three again and then a nine lots of nines no my husband's a nine and I, I don't know this might be a, a five wing thing I'm not sure but with um, being a four that's one of the times sometimes they say that you'll even come up as your like the ones that are close to you, oh. loved ones. I don't know what the ordeal is there, but I think there's been a lot of me growing, and the more, the healthier I become, and the more that I am accepting of myself, and and becoming more and more comfortable with my skin, mm-hmm. the more clearly it became um, the four. So, was your question? What was your question? Sir? My question was, what is being a four like look like for you? For you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I definitely can easily be led by my feelings. So of lately, that's one thing that I remind myself is that I am not my feelings because I feel like I am. Mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm my feelings. Yeah. I feel she's <laughs> yeah. a four. <laughs> oh, it's, it's very hard not to be. Even this morning, I was having a bit of a hard day um, feeling wise. And I was like, no, I'm not my feelings. I'm going to have a great day. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, one of the big things I've identified with with the four was realizing just how much I was keeping myself in a not great spot by replaying um, old things that had happened when I was younger mm-hmm. and this identifying myself as a suffering victim, which is um, can be what a four does and not a great place. Yeah. Um, but it's so good. I list, you mentioned the whole like self-awareness when mm-hmm. you were talking about um, realizing that you were too. Being self-aware has been so empowering because once you see it, as much as it was a slap in the face to hear my, hear it, that the suffering victim was what I had identified as, Yeah. Um, I'd never worded it that way. And that was an unaware of it. So being aware of it is so empowering because mm-hmm. it has then enabled me to be like, to identify it and say, I'm not, that's not who I am. Yeah. That's an old tale. That's not who I'm going to be anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, 
the being a four definitely means I am inspired, um, creative, mm -hmm. and have a lot of feelings, and they're always right at the surface. Um, and I think the thing I love most about it, though, is uh, I'm very authentic. Mm -hmm. um, with, yes, you are. Uh, yeah, yes. with others and with myself. And yeah, so that's what it is for me. I think <laughs> your your both of your authenticity is what makes your creativity so powerful. Like Aww. you both are very gifted speakers. Um, I've never heard you write a song, but I'm sure. You no, could. you, you don't want to hear me write no. a song. You want to hear Steph write a song, though. That's for sure. <laughs> no, both Faith and and you, Steph, you both are very gifted speakers, and I think what makes you guys so powerful to me personally is just the fact that it's authentic and it's mm -hmm. real and you're speaking from your heart that's yeah. not something that can be like duplicated or practiced even I really don't think yeah personally so I feel like your your creative your creativity that makes you a four is because you are so authentic and aware oh. of of who you are that's cool so I do I see that similarity between the two of you for I sure. do wonder though Steph like what what motivates you as a four and like what's your deepest fear as a four hmm. you know that is the one piece I've had that um yeah I don't I don't connect with the piece where they say they feel like they're unique I always want to be unique yeah um you are unique thank you, you but I mean are. like that desire is there to be to be special to be you know what yeah I mean? yeah um so I get that, but the piece that does definitely resonate is the whole wanting to leave a mark and making a difference mm -hmm. that my life mattered. Um, yeah. So that that part does. Um, but yeah, when I read when I first read the four and read that whole like they don't feel understood, I don't know that I yeah I didn't super connect. Yeah. Connect with that piece. I feel like for me, I like my deepest fear is being misunderstood by other people because I spend so much time in my own head and because I can mm -hmm. go inward a lot like yeah. I often have this feeling of I'm going to make others misunderstand my self as like I don't know as um I don't really know exactly what I'm saying but just that uh, like other people can't see me for what I you am yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think for me as a four, that has always been one of my deep fears. And then also like I when I'm not my healthiest, I can get super self-conscious as a four and like overanalyze everything. I don't know if like what your unhealthier side is, but for me, like it definitely is. Do you feel like that. You, you don't you won't be understood because what you're feeling is so complex or because yes just not because I literally look at other people and I'm like they like if I was experiencing what they were experiencing I would be falling apart like or <laughs> why am I feeling this way when everyone else seems to be feeling like fine oh. or this way like I'm I often am like what is wrong with me like I oh. think like that mm -hmm. a lot of the time so I'm afraid that people are gonna be like Faith is messed up because she is, you know, just, yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned the, um, where you go to, like, when yeah. you're in a not healthy place because there is, on the Enneagram, you can go to a different number when mm -hmm. in stress. Yeah. So what do you, what do they say fours go to when they're in stress? 
Yeah, a two. It says in stress, fours go to a two, which is Leah. Yeah, which is really interesting that it says that because the do two. You, do is, you feel that, that that's true? Like, do you find yourself? Do you doing think that, that stuff? I think it's so true, and it's helpful for me. So, because I can get when I'm in a bad spot, I get really introspective, mm-hmm. and I withdraw. Yes, and I, I just want to withdraw, and I want to yeah. understand myself before I can like come out right does that make sense but when I um start behaving like a two in that time it's me getting my eyes off myself Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what I'm being the fixer yeah well that's trying to trying to fix them but just looking for a need that I can meet and it's me getting that eye off eyes off of myself so even though I'm not meant to stay in the in the place of everything else you know because I want to continue to grow with everything else with the two it is a healthy step for me to go to that two because I'm getting my eyes off myself Mm mm-hmm helps me to get out of that spot what about you um well i didn't actually know until i read that fours tend to go to a two in stress and i'm wondering if that's like super accurate for me i feel like for me going to the two is not necessarily great because i try to control like other situations when i'm stressed about my own situation so i mean i guess it I don't know. I just think for me, I don't know if I make a difference as a two when I'm stressed or if it's just my mechanism of coping gotcha. until I'm out of the stress. You know All right, what I mean? I was going to say, what's yeah. the world look like then when you're getting out of the two space? I think it's fascinating that you look at you going to a two as like a good way to get out of that unhealthy, Healthy stressful spot. state and you feel like it's not. Yeah. So I wonder. I that's just really interesting to, to think because I feel like for me when I go to my unhealthy, which is, um, so twos go to an eight in stress, mm-hmm. and that I mean that's that's me like a hundred percent. But I I view it as a negative thing, like I don't see it as a good thing going to an eight. But yeah. I think it's really cool that you see you, yourself going to a two as a positive thing. Well, I think we do do it like when we go when we're in stress and we go to a different number. Um, we do do it out of a benefit to help. It is actually to help us. Yeah. To then, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be a nice while you're right, there. Right. Right. But um, but it's like so. You just said as yeah. a two, you go to an eight when you're in stress. That so generally a two has a hard time say expressing their needs, mm-hmm. um, and even like maybe taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. An eight does not. No. And when you uh-huh. go to an eight, an eight is going to say no. This is this what, is what I, I need. I need. Yes. Yeah. And so um, even though you're like, well, I don't like the way that feels when I'm in that spot. Yeah. Um, and I, it's not it, like when I'm going to a two, I'm not being as wonderful as a two as you would be. Does that make sense? Right. It's, yeah. funny. it's a different I, version of it. It is. Right. It yeah. is. But just like when you go to that eight, you're you're going into that place to better take care of yourself and right. help you get back to a so good spot. Um, such a cool perspective. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Huh. I and I didn't yeah, I didn't even know what the the types went to in stress until I looked and I'm like, whoa, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. And also I guess it kind of speaks to like when First of all, like at what point in your life are you taking the Enneagram? Because if I would have taken this as a teen, yeah. maybe I would have had a totally different number. Right. Or a time where I was in a really unhealthy spot in my life or like my faith wasn't as strong. Maybe yeah. I wouldn't have gotten the same number. Yeah. But so I'm a two on the Enneagram and we're known as the helpers. Um, some words that describe us are generous demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. (laughs) (laughs) They always add, like, the bad qualities, too. (laughs) Um, My basic fear is B, 
being unwanted or being unworthy of being loved. Um, and so my basic desire is to be loved. Um, which I feel like, I don't know, this could be going too deep. But I wonder, like, because they link sometimes your Enneagram as adult, like, based on childhood, childhood yeah. stuff. And I was adopted. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, like, I just, not that I have, my parents were very loving and accepting. Yeah. I never felt like, oh, you're adopted, so we're not going to love you as much. But I wonder if, like, just deep down, I've always had that fear of, like, there was being unwanted because yeah. I was adopted. So I think yeah. that's really interesting. It is. Um, so other things that motivate fours, let's see, or sorry, twos, um, we tend to be sentimental, um, empathetic, and like I was saying, in stress, we go to eights, which I don't know a ton about eights, but I do know that when I do go to that unhealthy place of an eight, like it's such a shift from my normal that it sometimes catches me off guard too because um, I tend to be very direct and very like harsh mm-hmm. and that's not my normal way of communicating with people usually. Yeah. <laughs> and there's only a small amount of people who actually see that side of me. Um, but, you know, for me learning about myself and what motivates me and why I do things has helped me realize when I get to that stressful spot, like what I need to do to get back to the healthy right. place. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as a mom and being a two, I feel like it's easy for me to get really burned out yeah. really fast. Yeah. Especially when you're not expressing your needs or right. able to identify what your needs are. Right. Um, and so I found myself more often than not just being um, kind of like martyrish, like, I'm doing all these things and no one's even seen what I'm doing when I'm doing it because I love people and want to be loved. But then when you get, when I get to that unhealthy spot, it's just like, I'm a martyr and like, no one sees what I'm doing and I don't matter. And I just kind of found myself in a more resentful place. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's taken me a while to kind of turn that corner and realize that for, you know, for me, self care is is important and like recognizing what self-care looks like but then being able to communicate to the people around me like yeah this it, is what I this need this is what I need and but that's really hard for me to do yeah isn't that hard for twos like yeah. it, it's hard to communicate selfish, what like, your needs are oh, it's oh you need to selfish. go like take a take a walk like <laughs> shouldn't you like be being a mom and like you know that's how yeah. I feel though it's like I should love being a mom all the time and I shouldn't need any time for myself and so I just sit there quiet until I can't hold it in anymore and I become like a evil version of myself (laughs) so are the twos like very like servant servant heart minded like they want to do for people and Mm -hmm. like give to people yeah so the different wings for two is you can eat uh, they're either called um I think a host or a companion okay so one's a little bit more social like hosting a big party and one's more like companion like a good for a little bit more introverted yeah so which one are you I feel like I I feel like I fall more on the hostess side because I do like being social but then there are times where I definitely don't want that piece like I'd rather just be by myself so I don't know yeah kind of depends on the day so you were saying just a moment ago that you um like have to be able to say what you need and that self-care mm-hmm. piece so what have you 
developed or found that works for you or have you come up with a routine or how do you do the self-care because you're in the throes of the little ones and and lots of giving well I've I've kind of just figured out like what truly makes me happy like this sounds really like um, materialistic my like go-to self-care thing is a pedicure Mm -hmm. like I just love having someone paint my toenails and massage my feet like yeah but I know like I could be in denial about it and be like cute like that's really vain and like whatever but like no I know that that is what I do to like unwind and relax and treat myself that's awesome um and instead of feeling guilty about it I just I'm gonna get a pedicure and it's gonna be okay and the the good thing about um being in a marriage with someone who um like loves and respects me is when I communicate my needs. Um, it's not meant with resentment. It's right. meant with love and yeah. compassion. And I don't mean to. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Um, so when I try to get to a place with Jamie, my husband, where I can communicate nicely yeah. what I need, because a lot of times I get to that crabby part where right. I'm like, I just need to like, take a break. And like, <laughs> but I know, like, I'm, I'm trying to learn with him, like, no, you can you can ask nicely before you get to that angry yeah. part. Yeah. And it'll still be well-received and probably better received from yeah. the, the nicely, nicely asking versus the crabby yeah. asking. So That's so good, too, to build in to our lives those healthy routines instead of waiting. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially for your number, I reckon, but instead of waiting till we've had enough and we're at with right. the same thing with like, I'm um, talking to my husband about something instead of like letting it fester, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and letting it build and the anger about yeah. or the time, you know, like just yeah. letting it build up. That's like the worst way to then yeah. address it rather yeah. than just having, uh, yeah, that's like a rabbit trail. But um, <laughs> just realizing my husband and I found that our time in the morning that we spend, cause it's just this, always that time in the morning before the kids get up we sit on the couch and we have our devotions and we have our coffee together but that has created that there's no um big things that we didn't get talked about because it's every morning there's that space whether mm-hmm. we talk about something or not but it, it is this routine of a, yeah just a healthy routine i suppose mm-hmm. is what it is yeah. yeah um you know with the two you were mentioning before like not letting it become um something like like an eight like, like yeah. you move to that before you mentioned something yeah. um I do remember reading about the two and them saying that what a big deal when you do identify what your need or your want is um, and you you identified it and you vocalized it both of those were already so hard for you that when they get vocalized and ignored mm-hmm. that that's um, yeah. pretty devastating yeah yeah it, it takes me even still with Jamie a long time <laughs> I feel bad for him to t- tell him how I'm feeling like, it's like, it's almost like this, um, I verbally can't say it. Like, it's yeah. on my, on the tip of my tongue, and I want to tell him so bad, and it's right there, mm-hmm. I just can't say it. And so, I feel like that's because in the past, when I've vocalized how I've been feeling, I've been ignored or hurt, right. and so it's like, that's my defense mechanism, is I just, I physically can't speak. Mm-hmm. And God bless Jamie, he's so patient with me, um... To kind of help me get open up that that shell yeah. of being able to communicate. It's okay to tell someone how you're feeling or mm-hmm. what you need in the moment or what's truly going on. Um, 
because once I'm able to do that, I feel so much better. Yeah. So I'm like, no, 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 I don't have to tell you. It'll just be fine and it'll go away. And he's like, no, it won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could go for weeks and it'll it, still be there. Yeah. Oh, I think it's really cool have you, how you've overlapped, like you, how a two is like in marriage mm-hmm. and, and also as like a mother. So I wonder for you, oh, Steph, yeah. like what is it like being a four in marriage? Like, is it hard for you to express yourself I just wonder what the dynamic is with a four in a relationship because I feel like fours tend to to be more vocal because we like like to use our words and like our thoughts and stuff yeah do you feel like it's easy yeah for you I do vocalize my feelings quite a bit but in saying that (laughs) Tim is the most talkative out of the two of us my husband is so he chatter 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 and I think the big thing for me is when I share how I'm feeling he's um pretty great about uh, hearing and listening but if it wasn't to get uh, if my if my feelings get pushed aside like they don't matter yeah like if if in handling maybe I would say and whether it's actually accurate or not I'm just saying how it feels <laughs> if it feels like my feelings weren't like considered you know yeah. and they were kind of harshly pushed to the side um, that's when I I'll get all like oh blubbery yeah. <laughs> and be like but you didn't hear me you didn't care um and he's a nine my husband is and that's the peacemaker um which i just put together you said that's what you're yes yeah. which is so that's bizarre are that's bizarre nines. i have a lot of eight friends um, do you I, yes brooke is um, okay. and so is emily and i just think oh i wonder how much of that if like there's like a number that they they're drawn to yeah well i know for instance an eight value values um like just honesty and, and like authenticity yeah a ton yeah and that is very much um what a uh, four is yeah very authentic um so i don't know there's probably a lot to that what what's jamie <laughs> jamie is a five okay so okay. you guys are two and a five yeah what's interesting though is like friendships and stuff like I'm friends with other fours yeah um but I'm also this is like weird and I don't know if it's connected but now I want to think it is I'm friends with a lot of um law enforcement officers wives and there has to be like it takes a special (laughs) someone to be married we're strong I guess law enforcement officer um so I'm like, man, because I have like three or four friends who are married to cops. Like, what are they? Yeah, like, yeah. They're not, we're not in the same social circle. Do you happen to know what the Enneagram number no, they are? But, but Matt, Matt is <laughs> Matt's a firefighter and he's a nine. See? He was in the military and he's a nine. Like, they're very much like keep the peace, like make everyone happy, make things like go smoothly. Yeah, I don't know. That's really. I know. I know. If we like went deeper, like doing research, that there are like. Um, um, there are like methods that have been looked at that like twos are better matched with a six or right. you know, whatever number. Like that. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked into. I that. don't know how they, you know, truly know that. Yeah. Because whatever. But I wonder if like even you said like you're drawn to a certain number. I've just noticed was I you know talking to my friends. I didn't know they were that number before I was friends with them. But it's not yeah. a credential. Like, um, are you an eight? Because if you're not, we can't be friends. <laughs> well, I wonder if like eight are going to be friends with a lot of other eights. Or if you're in the same social group as an eight, okay, but are you really going to be like best besties with an eight? Right. If you're an eight, how would right. that work? It is interesting. Like, and I don't know about you, Steph, but they say that a type four is like the rarest type on the Enneagram. And I'm trying to think 
if I know anybody else that's a four besides you, and I don't uh, think I do, except my sister-in-law. If she's listening, Catherine, I don't think you've taken the Enneagram test and you need to because <laughs> I think you're a four. I think she's a four, like my sister-in-law is a four. And she's like, I don't know, like our brains are kind of very similar. And I, I click so well with her. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because we're like the same exact type. So you would think that, I don't know. It's just interesting. I don't, I don't reckon they, well, you're, you guys are saying maybe the same number would clash, but I would think that they would, dis- yeah, well, I guess, I guess I don't know. I would I have thought either. they would think similar enough that they would maybe Probably. enjoy that way of thinking. Yeah. Although I, I know a friend of mine who's an eight told me that she works with someone who's like really like way more, oh. um, uh, eight st- strong or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, and mentions how it's kind of kind of make clashes a little yeah. harder. So I don't know. Well, I'm friends with another two. Well, I don't know for sure if she's a two because she hasn't taken it yet, but you need to take it, Dawn. I'm talking about Dawn from oh. church. Um, hi, Dawn. Um, I think you're a two, and if you're not, I'd be really surprised. But, like, we're <laughs> friends, and I we get along great. We have a good relationship, but and I don't know if she feels this way, but sometimes I'm like, because twos are such givers, I almost feel like, am I giving enough? Like, because huh. she's giving, then I'm like, well, but am I giving enough? It's just, it's interesting. I think what's so cool about the Enneagram is that despite what type we are, like, there's this this broad spectrum totally. of, like, where you even fall, like, within the type. So it's not like, you know, you're, you have to be, like, this certain way. We're all so unique. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so beautiful about it. And yeah. what's cool about understanding other people is, like, you kind of have a starting point. Right. But then you go deeper, obviously, in your friendships and your relationships and really learn that person. Right, exactly. And that's what's so cool. I mean, yeah, you can... I've talked to a couple people and it's like, oh, it's kind of like... It's almost like it's gimmicky. Like, it's yeah. like a personality test. But I think if you really think about it and the way of truly understanding the people in your lives who you care about and finding out, you know, what motivates them, you're really going to be able to love them so much better and be a a true good friend to them and I think for me that's important that's really important to make sure that I'm making those strong connections with people and being what that person needs in their life because you know I can be a good friend to someone but am I giving them that life-giving thing that they need right you know can I give an example of that yes so I mentioned my husband's a nine well a nine's greatest uh, biggest fear is loss or separation Mm. and my husband's from Australia obviously we live over here by these ladies in Michigan (laughs) Um, and we hadn't seen much of his family kind of a little off and on um, up to 2019 and then um, so we saw them 2019 and then the lockdowns happened and everything with COVID and Australia um, was even um, far stricter than any of the states over here so there was no them coming here and there was no him going there um, and for that's been for over two years now, two and a half years since he's seen his family. And I could tell, I could see with my eyes that it was like he, he talked about missing them. And, and I could see that he really did miss them a lot. But m- realizing when I read the Enneagram, his Enneagram number and his fear there, it, like, it made me realize when I saw that, oh, that makes a lot of sense. The fact that he was completely separated from his family, that is his biggest like his biggest fear, mm-hmm. it helped me to realize, like, even if I don't understand those exact feelings, because I lived overseas um, from my family for quite a few years, mm-hmm. I'm just, but I'm not that same personality. Right. So seeing it written really helped me to, to prioritize it. 
So mm -hmm. since like the beginning of the year, uh, well, even longer we've been trying to save up for it, but there was things that came up. So at the beginning of the year, our fridge broke. And we needed a new fridge. And he's like, well, get that one that you've wanted for ages. I wanted to get a Smeg one. I think they're so cool. <laughs> Those are cool. Um, but they're expensive. And I was like, no. We'll get this cheap one that's on sale because we are saving up so that as soon as the um, Australia opens the doors and says you can travel, so that you can go. That's and there was just so cool. many multiple things that we just, uh, he would be like, oh babe, just get what you need. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's set that's it aside cool. so that you can go. So like, what, I guess he's been gone for two weeks already. Um, so maybe five weeks ago, he's he, the door is open for him to go and he's like, okay, um, I guess I'm going to go. And it was just really cool for me to be able to say like, um, well, don't worry about it. And just to know, because of, of what I saw in the Enneagram test, this is so important to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and so even if he's not the uh, best at articulating his needs, I can see it. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. They even written there. So just to be able to love him in the way that he yeah. needed to be loved and put aside my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you sure missed him like that. Yeah. Um, and be like, no, it's, and just focus on the fact that. It was what he needed. Yeah. So that was a really good example. That's really cool. Loving our people better by knowing what, what the they way they need. tick. Yeah. 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 I think the Enneagram is excellent for that too. It's very powerful. So what would you say is the number one lesson you've learned since learning your number? Oh, and maybe you've already said it, but you just no. repeat it. It's like touch such a slap in the face, but it's good. It's good. Um, the definitely, um, so I had... I don't know how to like much you want me to delve into this, but um, I had really been going around. Isn't there saying something about going around the same old bush, the mulberry? Beating around the bush. No. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I always mix up saying. Well, the point <laughs> the of it mulberry. is. <laughs> I just started singing that song in my head. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Well, I had not been overcoming some things like hurts from when I was younger mm. and just kind of recircling it and recircling yeah. it. Um, and then I read this. And it definitely corrected me because it put a name to what I was feeling and what I was allowing myself to do that I just hadn't named it. Um, it says, one of the biggest challenges for fours is letting go of feelings from the past. Mm -hmm. They tend to nurse wounds and hold on to negative feelings about those who have hurt them. Indeed, fours can become so attached to longing and disappointment that they're unable to recognize the many treasures in their lives, which was definitely what I was doing. And then it goes on and it says... Um, to acknowledge their good... Oh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of skipping. As long as they believe that there is something fundamentally wrong with them, they cannot allow themselves to experience or enjoy the many good qualities. To acknowledge their good qualities would be to lose their sense of identity as a suffering victim. When I read that word, the suffering victim, which, like, who wants to admit that that was what they were identifying yeah. as? Mm -hmm. Ugh. But it just was this very good slap in the face when I realized that's what I was doing. I was staying in this place of suffering victim and kept recircling the old pain that I had mm -hmm. experienced. Mm -hmm. um, and anyway, so then it goes on and it, uh, it says, um, to identify, uh, acknowledge their good qualities would be to lose their sense of identity and to be without a relatively consistent personal identity, which is their basic fear. But fours grow by learning to see that much of their story is not true, or at least, it is not true anymore. And the old feelings mm -hmm. begin to fall away once they stop telling themselves their old tale. And it is irrelevant to who they are right now. Wow. Um, that was so powerful for me because I had been recircling for years the same wounds and, and like just, oh, this is, I just can't get through it and I can't mm -hmm. get past it and this is how I feel. And letting myself be um, so engulfed in those feelings yeah. um, and not moving forward. And when I saw, that, when I read what I just read to you, um, it just... It just took the blinders off my eyes, and I realized, okay, I've been telling myself an old tale, and it is irrelevant to who I am now, mm -hmm. um, and I'm not a suffering victim, and that's not who I'm going to identify as 
anymore. And there's been, since that, there's been other situations where I could feel myself slipping into that yeah. suffering victim like yeah. view. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I'll nip it. I just nip it that's now that I've awesome. identified it. And I'm like, no, that's not who I am. And I can feel myself being more of like a seeing myself. Yeah. Instead of as that suffering victim, victim, seeing myself as a um, courageous. And yeah. I can do it. Attitude. Yeah. Far more than I ever had before. So it, it has been very impactful That's for me. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you can, you you know, you tell yourself the same story long enough. That's just the story that you're right. going to believe. And what you look for. Yeah. What you continue to look yeah. for and then build more evidence for. Yeah. 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 But you, like, it's kind of like you're the author of your own well, God's the author of our story, but you you are, right. you know, you have to make that conscious choice to be like, no, that's not going to be my story anymore. Yeah. This is going to be my story. Um, I think that's really cool. That's a really good example. Yeah. yeah. And we all have that, you know, if yeah. we, whatever, I think whatever our basic fear oh, for is, sure. is probably um, a good identifier of what that oh. story that we have been telling ourselves yeah. or accepted right and we have to say well like for a two yeah no I am loved yeah. and I am worthy of love yeah um and whatever you know wherever we find ourselves on the Enneagram spectrum but recognizing um truth mm-hmm. and speaking truth over ourselves so when I read this that thing on the Enneagram I made confessions that I stuck in my bible so that I read them every day that um are speaking truth not how I've been feeling had yeah. been feeling um yeah. I, that has always been so impactful yeah I love that. That's really cool. How about you, Faith? What's your biggest lesson you've learned? I think my biggest lesson I've learned knowing that I'm a four and and just reading more about it is it talks a lot about how the fours like spend a lot of time in their own imagination coming up with different fantasies or ideals or ideas and sometimes on the unhealthy side of it that they can spend so much time in their own head thinking and dreaming that they don't aren't moved to action and I've felt like for me personally that's always been like a a weakness in me that I can spend a lot of time just creating in my head and thinking in my head but not moving on it and I think until like I understood more like my personality in doing that and when I became more settled in myself and like how God created me to be and began looking to him more for my identity like i said like as a teen i was not looking to him for my identity but when i did start doing that and i did start seeing these things like that like puzzle pieces of this is faith this is how i made you like god telling me that um i began saying yes and like moving more than i ever did before like instead of just sitting in my fantasies i'm like okay god like make this reality like do it because in my own like for self like I wouldn't I wouldn't normally want to do the things right. I think what's so cool about the podcast doing the podcast with Leah is I never would have done this on my own like I never would have said yes because I would have sat and dreamt about it I would have sat and like thought oh that's a really good idea but it like it wouldn't have been a reality to me and I think that's because my weakness as a four is thinking that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough. Um, or that people won't and that, you. Yeah, that people won't understand me, that I'll be misunderstood. And so instead of trying, I just sit and on the sideline. So I think for me, that that's the biggest lesson I've learned when deep diving into like what it means to be a four is move more, like mm-hmm. do more, like don't just sit and think about it, do it. and. 
one thing that was really powerful for me was I came across this sermon series from a church. It's called Sandals Church. I think they're out in California, but they literally do sermon series about the Enneagram, which I feel like it's super taboo because some people like are very against the Enneagram, especially like bringing it into church, which to each their own. But I found it like so powerful to hear like a pastor talking about the Enneagram and then connecting it to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I remember him giving the example of fours in the Bible and he used Saul as an example and he used David as an example and Saul as like an unhealthy four and David as a healthy four. And basically how Saul spent his whole life, like even though he was anointed by God, chosen as the first king, like he spent his life focusing on somebody else and what they had and what he felt he lacked. And he couldn't even accomplish the good because he was so focused on somebody else. I I think one of the core like um, shortcomings of a four is envy, I think I've read. And Mm -hmm. I think that can be true for me at times like, I look at everyone else and think, well, like, why can't I be like them? Why can't I do like them? Um, and so that that sermon was just so powerful for me because I want I want to be like David. Like, I want to wait with God and like move with God and act like in the way that He wants me to, um, and not be so focused on what everyone else is doing, but what I am supposed to do. Yeah. So, I think yeah, that's what I've. I think it's awesome that you, um, like how you said earlier that you feel like people maybe don't think the same way Mm -hmm. as you do, or people just won't kind of understand where you're coming from. But I think that's like what makes you so special and unique. And I'm glad that you kind of have unpacked that, that you need to to move and say yes and say yes to me to doing a podcast Mm -hmm. with me, because like, that is like part of what makes you so special is your your viewpoints on things and if if the devil won and just let you keep sitting there like keeping those thoughts to yourselves we would be missing out on your all your awesome insight so i'm very glad that you started saying yes because the world needs more people like you guys like you fours Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know i see specifically your fourness there with your different way of thinking and seeing things really play out in one of the reasons you're such a great speaker Mm -hmm. is because maybe you're aware that you think of it differently but you see it differently right and then because you're aware that maybe you see it differently you have a incredible way of explaining it and bringing people along yes um when you speak which is just so cool yeah, that's yes. cool. So Faith just did a um, sermon at our church on Hannah on Mother's mm-hmm. Day. Um, and I've heard the story of Hannah like so many times. But like the way you yep. yeah. brought it to the church was just like I was hearing it for the very first yeah. time. And I think that's so important because all of our brains are wired differently. Yeah. So that message maybe was received differently by other people. But like look at the impact that that made that made a huge impact on my viewpoint on something that I've been praying for and it's just I'm just thankful mm, for cool. your your insight I think that's what like you said part of what makes you thanks girls <laughs> yes so for me um I don't even know what my own question was well oh, yeah what, what's your what's your number one thing you've learned right yes about yourself from 
being a two on the Enneagram? So understanding what motivates me has really helped me understand what I need to do to take care of myself. Yeah, that's good. Um, It's really easy for me to get burned out. I feel like I wish I had like the patience of other people because I feel like I just don't have as much patience or like energy or like motivation because I just get like... I, my, my cup gets empty really fast and sometimes I feel like, man, I wish I could be like other people who seem to be able to just give, 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 give. You give, <laughs> you give, give, give. Like, I wonder if your energy like runs out or your cup empties because you give so deep. Like you give oh. of your soul yeah. to people. Like, I feel like the first thing I notice about you is your compassion and the way that you, you pour out of like yourself Thank you. and it's just it's something that like not a lot of people can do I feel like it's a blessing it, and a curse yeah too. like when I I try to explain to people like when I feel things it's like there is no like middle ground or it's either like I feel it or like I feel or it's either like I don't feel it at all yeah. or like I feel it like yeah mm-hmm. all of me feels it and maybe yeah that's maybe why yeah. I get drained so fast because I don't know. Anyway, um, so because it's easy for me to get burned out, I was finding that I was going to the stressful place of an eight a lot more often than I was in the healthy place of a two. Yeah. And I just kind of was feeling like that's not who I am. Like who? Like I didn't even almost recognize myself. Like I knew deep down that that's not who I was. That's not who I wanted to be. That's not kind of not the kind of wife, not the kind of mother or friend I wanted to be. So just learning that it was okay for me to discover and like learn and communicate what I needed to do to make sure that I was taking care of myself too, mm-hmm. um, just kind of helped me move into a more healthy spot. Yeah. And then, you know, move my family hopefully into a more healthy spot too, because if I'm in a good mental state, then I can be a better mom to my kids, yeah. a better a better wife. Um, but I really had to learn to understand why I would get to that place of stress yeah. Yeah. Um, to find out how I could get out of it, I guess, is my biggest lesson that I've learned. Yeah. That's so, so good. Yeah. So helpful. So I wanted to just share with you ladies a verse that I feel like just goes so well with like the Enneagram, but also like the way that God sees us in our different personalities, our different strengths and weaknesses. And it's a verse couple of verses in first Corinthians 12 that say God's various gifts are handed out everywhere but they all originate in God's spirit God's various ministries are carried out everywhere but they all originate in God's spirit God's expressions of power are in actions everywhere but God himself is behind it all each person is given something to do that shows who God is everyone gets in on it everyone benefits Then it says, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. So wherever you are at, ladies, just know that wherever you fall on the Enneagram, whatever personality trait you possess, before any of that, before any of those definitions define who you are, you are God's. Um, that's the most important thing that will give you the stability and give you the identity that we're all searching for. So understanding ourselves can make a huge impact on our relationships with others and relationships 
the, the relationships we have with ourselves. Something that I think is so overlooked sometimes is our relationships that we have with ourselves. Self-care is an important component of mental health. And as a parent, I feel like it's really easy to get absorbed in others and what's going on around us. However, if we are not in a healthy space in our own minds, we are not creating a healthy space for our families or our friends. Um, the Enneagram is a great tool to help discover another layer of ourselves. Um, and like Faith said, I really like what you said about God. We're, we're gods. Yeah. Like all of our, all the fears that the Enneagrams have, can be, can be just put aside because of who we are in God. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Um, so we definitely will be doing more episodes on this topic because we could probably talk for hours. There's so much we didn't cover. Um, but so look forward to another podcast on um, the Enneagram stuff. Thanks so much for Thank joining us. Thank you for us. joining yeah, us. so much fun. So we love and appreciate your insight and hopefully you'll join us again. Sounds good. Until next time. Bye, friends. Bye. Okay, mamas, thank you for spending a little bit of your time with us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every time we make a new upload. We want to spark a little joy in your earbuds and in your carpool line. Also, if you're looking for more ways to connect with Life and Bloom Co., you can find us on Instagram at the Life and Bloom Co. and also on Facebook at the same name. Until next time.